0: Banter on the board with your host Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at the plate,
1: buddy. He's been unreal, and I hope Matt, I hope he can keep it up, dude. I mean,
0: we've been waiting for it for a few years. People were calling him a bust. Um, I remember when he broke into the league; everyone expected this right away. But hey, he's he's out doing his dad's 2004 MVP season through 65 games so far. He's got a better 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 average, more home runs, better OPS, slugging percentage. Um, just tied him in at 56 RBIs. No big deal.
1: It's exciting. I love when the Blue Jays are playing well. Shout out to you, Grandma. Like, I hope they win it for you. Gosh, that's all I want. But uh, yeah, Vladdy Jr. just... He's he's leading the league in MVP voting? Or sorry, not, not MVP All-star voting, voting. All-star voting. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Crazy, I love it.
0: Yeah, man. He has been a monster all year, which is kind of crazy that the Blue Jays are so such a deep roster and they're sitting at 500 as a team. Goes to show you how strong the Yankees, Red Sox, and Tampa Bay are because we're fourth in our own division, man.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. But, I mean, hey, they're still playing on the road, right? They're still waiting to get back to Toronto, so just like our Raptors, might be hard to play that way.
0: Yeah, man, playing in Buffalo, not suited for the <laughs> for the Toronto life.
1: No, not at all. All right, Matt, is it time? The final four of the NHL? Talk to me, dude.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we were just waiting on Vegas, Colorado to end up last week. Um, Vegas ended up pulling out a, a clutch game in which uh, there was a high scoring. I, I believe it was 6-4. Colorado played some solid, solid hockey, but Vegas ended up proving to be too strong. Giving them the easy matchup against my or my Montreal Canadiens, everyone was <laughs> expecting them to just blow them out. Hasn't looked like that so far. Both series, two games in, both are tied at 1-1, but I want to talk about the series that's for your heart, Kevin. Those Tampa Ooh. Bay Lightning and New York Islanders.
1: Who you want? Man, I mean, game three is tonight. I, I'm so torn. It's hard. I kind of want just a seven-game series, you know? Like, a true fan service. And honestly, I don't even know how to call it. Can Hopefully hopefully next week we're not through the series and I can talk about game seven and make a decision. Because right now, oh, I want them both, Matt. I want them both. <laughs> yeah, man. They're both playing
0: lights out good. I couldn't believe that the Islanders took game one. But hey, true Islanders fashion, grinding out a 2-1 mm-hmm. victory in which Varlamov looks really good in. Uh, getting some, some greasy ones past Vasilevsky. Uh, Braden Point, the, the NHL's leading goal scorer through the playoffs, obviously potted one real late to make it close with about 59 seconds left. A little bit too late for for any kind of noise, but must have given them some confidence going into game two because they came out firing. Um, Braden Point, again, scores the, that game opening goal. And then he has something to do with uh, Varlamov leaving the game. I don't know if you saw that, but...
1: Guy got a penalty for being attacked. (laughs) I mean, you know, he's been throwing the puck in the net so much. Maybe they were trying to throw him into the net, right? But yeah, what a crazy situation where Point gets absolutely shoved into the goaltender and then gets a goaltender interference penalty. Wait, what, Matt? What's going on?
0: Brutal, man. It's the NHL. They can't make up their mind. He should have been (laughs) able to stop and turn, apparently, and get out of the way.
1: (laughs) But, hey, it's going to (laughs) happen. That's ridiculous. I love it, though, man. Hopefully, I mean, Volner came back, so it was good. He was doing okay, but you said he wasn't himself at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, man, he didn't look like himself uh, through the latter part of those periods. Um, It ended up costing them. They went down 4-1 before Matthew Barzell could kind of give them some life at the end of the third period. It ended up being a 4-2 game. I just think, um, you know, Tampa's too deep. Kucherov and Point. I mean, playoff Braden Point is a monster. And Nikita Kucherov is, like, the Hart Trophy winner from a couple years ago. You, you're you not even talking about Steven Stamkos, the former 60-goal scorer. Like, Victor Hedman's more important than him. Anthony Sorelli could be more important than him for what he does on a shutdown roll. Like, they're deep,
1: Tampa. It's almost a, like, battle of David versus Goliath situation. But the Islanders are almost comfortable in that. You know what I'm saying? Man, they're very
0: comfortable in it. I mean, they've got six series wins since uh, John Tavares left, and they've been without (laughs) a franchise-level player. So, hey, man, just keep being the Islanders. Keep playing that team game. Barry Trotz, the man is a genius. Why you would let a Stanley Cup-winning coach go after you just won it, that's beyond me, Washington. But, hey, Islanders are very happy to have him.
1: Man, I hope they keep winning series so that you can keep being this broken record of they've won another series without him. Why, why do you let a coach go? Like, I love it, dude. It's so funny because it's so true, dude. It was just dumb.
0: I remember when that came out that they couldn't come to terms with him. I was just like, wait, what? You pay him what he wants. He just won a Stanley Cup. Ovechkin finally broke through. You have the
1: team. You have the coach. Put it back. Whatever. And uh, how has that team done since he's gone? Poor OVA.
0: Yeah, man. Exit after exit in the playoffs since then. Hey, you need you need the coach to drop the scheme to get everybody else involved. Because you, you, as a player, man, you got to worry about yourself. You can't worry about it what everybody else is doing.
1: I mean, I, I like that comment, especially when you consider what your situation has happened. Right with with the Habs and the, the coaching scheme to make your lines work, and now your team is sitting here in the Western Conference.
0: Finals. Yeah, man. I mean, what they're calling the Western Conference Finals, I guess. <laughs> um, Vegas came out real, real well in Game One. I mean, Montreal did have that strong start, and and Andre Fleury, man, at 36 years old, this guy is athletic as ever, and he can c- cover the net from crease to crease. Um, he's letting out rebounds, but he's he still seemed to get to them, and Montreal couldn't get one past him early on. It was nice to see Cole Caulfield get. Um, his first ever playoff goal on the power play—that was real sweet. Yeah. But besides that, man, it was a, it was a pretty tough night. Carey Price really kept them in it. I think I Flurry really helped out Vegas at the beginning, but Carey Price throughout the majority of that game—I mean, it could have been six one seven one. He made a highlight real save on a pass from Max Pacioretty to Ma- to Mark Stone. You see that one?
1: Oh, indeed. Like he he had a good night. Like it's important, Matt. That it's only a four one win. Because as much as it was, you know, on paper, it looks like a blowout. It's not the seven, eight goal blowout it could have been. And, you know, your team was on such a high with that streak that they were running through the playoffs. And then I I, I questioned you about it last week, right? Having that time off, whether that's good or bad for them. And now it's the same situation, whether or not that first game was good or bad for them. But at least they rebounded for you.
0: Yeah, man, big rebound last night. I was so excited to see them get that first goal because, you know, them playing with a lead, they've been yep. absolutely fire, absolutely fire with the lead, and they just kept piling it on. Cole Caulfield again with another nice assist to Tyler Toffoli on the second goal. KK chipping it out on the third Paul Byron goal, which I don't know if you watched that third goal, man. He undressed Fleury. He Flurry tries to go for the poke check, but Byron's a little bit too far, and he just goes backhand mm-hmm. shelf. Oh, so nice, man.
1: I mean, when you got an experienced goaltender like that, it's nice when you can slip a trick like that.
0: Oh, yeah, man. And especially Fleury loves the poke check, and Paul Byron, I I guess, knew it. So he was Mm -hmm. ready for it. But (laughs) two games into the series, man, it's as close as anybody could have picked it. I mean, nobody really expected Montreal to be here. Everyone really did expect Vegas to go on that deep run. And Montreal's proving that they belong. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, Andre Vasilevsky... They think they might be the best goaltenders in the game, but it's got to be Carey hmm. Price, man. That guy in front of that team is the biggest difference maker. Like People talk about Vasilevsky and Fleury being these amazing goalies, and they are. Don't get me wrong. Fleury's probably the second or third best goalie of this generation. But they're playing behind teams that are very, very strong, very, yeah. very deep. I mean, at the beginning of the season, everyone thought, tampa and vegas would be here would be in the final four nobody picked montreal and it's carrie price man he's throwing that team on his back he's doing everything he can that hip save on uh, <laughs>
1: martinez last night like how how did he get that uh, i love matt the confidence that he gives the youngins like when i'm i'm watching some of these post-game conversations these interviews and The way they talk about price, the confidence he gives them, like, you're right, he is such a generational talent, and I love that even old man Carey gets to have these moments with this squad.
0: Yeah, man. Old man Carey definitely getting what young Carey deserved, um, (laughs) because he needs that Stanley Cup on his resume, man. It would just solidify him as the all-time generational goalie for his era, because He's got gold medals, he's got world championships, he's got world juniors. Just that Stanley Cup is missing, man. And him and Weber, they deserve it. They've been in the league for so long and have been such high-level players that it'd be really nice to see. Um, I'm pulling for it bad, man, but that Vegas team is still really deep.
1: Craziest thing about it is that you're staring down this Vegas team. Meanwhile, you might have to go against the Thunder or, sorry, the, the lightning? lightning. Wow. What's oh, wrong with me? Bring the thunder. Like, the man. lightning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll be bringing it. And if not, it's the Islanders who, the resilience of who they've had to go through. Like, I hope the Cinderella run continues because, man, what a run it's going to be.
0: Well,. Yeah, man. And what I think is really cool um, about this year and, and this Final Four is that everyone talks about the high-end skill in the NHL, and, and you need to find yourself a Jack Eichel, a Connor McDavid, an Austin Matthews, mm, yeah. one of these you know young, elite offensive centermen to kind of carry you through. But if you look at the rosters, none of them have that true superstar between montreal new york and vegas yes they have really really talented players but none of them have you know those deep deep rosters it's only tampa that has multiple superstars that you're worried about and that's why i think tampa's going to be the team to beat here because they have more so than everybody else left
1: I mean, when you got all the bullets in the in the gun, right, you're going to win when everybody runs out at the end of the day. But it's going to be really exciting for you, Matt. I'm glad that, you know, the series are tied up. You know, we've got lots of hockey still left for you, but it's been a good playoffs, man, for sure.
0: Absolutely, man. It's so nice to see the young kids stepping up too. I mean, they're... Th- Three of their best players have been their young guys. KK's kind of fallen off the last couple games. Someone needs to give him a shake. But that <laughs> Caulfield and Suzuki line has been great. And I think Alexander Romanov probably should have stayed in the lineup. They replaced him with John Merrill last night. They got the win, so it's not a big deal. But he had a thunderous hit on Alex Petrangelo in Game 1. And that was a an awesome thing to see from a young guy. It boosted the team morale, so... I'd like to see him back in the lineup, but hey, I'm not going to complain after a win. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Matt, I'm hoping that uh, Cole Caulfield becomes like my uh, futuristic Martin St. Louis, kind of rooting for you. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of my hope for, for the kid for your team. Man
0: everyone was talking about the shot but he is a complete player in the offensive zone I love his hustle I love his quickness um, he even makes good solid defensive plays um, he was much more than advertised before uh, coming out of college and he's never played in the minors again that's for sure
1: <laughs> yeah he's definitely stepped up and showed that he is you know a strong member of this team and he belongs and in- Man, wouldn't it be great if you can keep putting in some more magic for your boys? But anything else, my dude? What else you got? Nah, man, I think that's it for the NHL. We're just going to hope
0: that uh, Montreal keeps on winning. Uh, Tampa Bay's looking real, looking to get the, the 2-1 lead tonight. But they're in New York, so we'll see what, what how that shakes out. But man, I'm good to talk NBA because it's been a wild,
1: wild week. Man, there's so much to go into, you know, basketball aside, because that's the crazy stuff, we're gonna we're gonna wait on that. We've gotta start with some things that, you know, awards, some COVID, I'll get to that. But the most important thing, Matt, we are like five days away from the draft lottery. It's happening on Tuesday. Where are we gonna fall? Like, oh man, I'm I'm getting nervous. Dude, I'm really hoping for some good luck.
0: Maybe we can jump up into that top five because there are some really good players up in that top five.
1: There's definitely a lot of good names, you know, I feel like there's no need to speculate now, you know, next week we'll come back, we'll see where we're actually going to sit and we can really break down the potential options for us, because, you know, we can speculate day in, day out, but man, if we win the lottery next week, oh gosh, we're going to have a 20 minute series talking about if we should or shouldn't pick Kate.
0: <laughs> oh man, you know we should pick Kate
1: i know i know but i know you're gonna be able to be that side and i can come in with uh, maybe we'll do this guy this guy maybe we sell him and do this i don't know it'll be fun hopefully
0: (laughs) man pray for that lottery win pray for it
1: pray for it but also man kind of pray for cp3 so i'm sad to say matt that of all the playoffs that we've had so far every week i've been able to go "Ah, covid no problem but here we are Chris Paul, on Wednesday, yesterday, he goes into protocols. (sighs) Originally, we were looking at 10 to 14 days for people in these protocols, but, I mean, it depends on if he's vaccinated, who knows, but it's scary, Matt. Dude,
0: I blame myself, and I kind of blame you in the curse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last week, you know, the week before, you were talking about the Suns being a great team (sighs) and knocking off Denver. I'm talking about the Suns winning it all, and uh, here we are with CP3, they're their most important player, just absolutely taken out of it because of COVID. Like, that sucks, man. Hopefully he has his vaccine, and hopefully he can get back quickly because missing him for any part of that Western Conference Finals is going to be tough for Phoenix.
1: That's it, right? And there's, there's so little information. He literally could have been in close contact, and it has been less than 24 hours, right? So we could come out on Friday, Saturday, and it'd be like, oh, yeah, he had, you know, a false negative on Wednesday, a false negative on Thursday. But Friday, Saturday, he's all good and you could be playing, right? So at the end of the day, the Suns are really hoping that the Jazz can come back and force a game seven against the Clippers so the series can start on, I think, Tuesday instead of Sunday. But time will tell, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, time's going to tell because basketball's been absolutely crazy. No one's been able to predict these series, but I'm getting ahead of myself. A <laughs> little bit. Well, just a little bit.
1: Let, let's talk about these awards. LaMelo Ball finally comes out. He's Rookie of the Year. There was a fun little ceremony, I think. I don't know if you saw it, where Bridges was giving him the trophy, and he's just like more focused on jerseys. He doesn't realize the trophy is there. So funny. <laughs> Bridges has to like point it out to him.
0: No, I haven't seen that, man. But I think LaMelo Ball probably deserving of the rookie of the year. I think missing those games, I really thought it opened the door for Ant-Man, but I guess the NBA writers thought differently.
1: Man, I was just saying just give it to Halliburton, you know. Let's not fight over Ant-Man or LaMelo. Just give it to the one huge surprise of the season, but you know, LaMelo was great. We have to admit. Besides those like first two games against the Raptors where Malachi Flynn absolutely destroyed him. Pretty once <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Preseason. But uh, once Lamello came out, you know, he, he started off the bench and then they found him into the starting rotation. The Hornets really figured out a way to work with him. And I mean, if he didn't get injured, he was probably a runaway with this award. Right. So, I Absolutely. mean, I'm happy that he gets it.
0: You know. Absolutely. He would have been a runaway if he had stayed healthy the whole season, man. And we, I really underestimated him. Um, I thought he was going to be just a Lonzo Ball version, but he ended up being a better Lonzo Ball, man. He has way more confidence. He's got that wonky shot, but it doesn't seem to kind of hold him back in the NBA like it did his brother. His brother was nervous to shoot, and LaMelo's got the confidence, man. He's, he just feels it, and he thinks that he's going to score, and that's how you have to be in life, man. That's how you're going to attract winners. That's how you're going to win. Um, Believe it. And he, he has all the belief. So this is only going to validate him further.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he came on like inside the NBA and he's talking to Shaq and he's got these like black shades on and I'm like, oh, he's like such a 19 year old kid. It's so good. But yeah, the confidence is through the roof. You know, he is not afraid of anything. And I mean, this Hornets team is is good. They've got a lot of decent pieces and a player like Lamelo to build around. I mean the future is hopefully bright for them.
0: Dude, I am so not a fan of his personality because he's been famous <laughs> since he was 13. He absolutely thinks he's God's gift to this planet.
1: And <laughs>
0: it just drives me a little nuts when I see people like that cuz he's not even he doesn't even hide the fact that he thinks that he's better than everyone. It's crazy yeah.
1: the Ball family. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they're they're ridiculous, I don't know, but we can move on, Matt, cuz there's a ton of awards that we have to talk about cuz Defensive teams came out, all NBA teams came out, and while I think that you could say that probably 80% plus of these names are rightfully deserving in their locations, there's always going to be people missing out, there's always going to be situations, and I mean, that's what we're here to talk about, right?
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, first team, all defense, pretty solid in terms of, you know, you got the defensive player of the year and Gobert, the runner-up and Ben Simmons, both unanimous decisions, and um, mm-hmm. Draymond Green, I think that's more of a reputation thing. Yeah, he played well for Golden State, but I think it's more based on his reputation of being a playoff performer and being a defensive anchor for that team. Um, I think our guy, you know, Fred Van Vliet, um, who I think led the NBA in tip balls this year, or OG Ananobi, um, who was an absolute lockdown defender, might have been able to sneak into an all-NBA team, second-team team defense but hey is that just the raptor fan in me being biased maybe a little i mean
1: a little yes and no right because every team and every fan is going to have you know somebody on their team they think to zones but when i think about fred no g like you know they missed a lot of games for injuries the raps were dealing with a ton of things and i have no doubt you know when i look at somebody like matisse theibel who matt knows i absolutely love as a player and bam and jimmy who are good defensive players, but not like downright amazing. Like Bam gets on this list because um you can only you you get a third center technically, right? Because he's considered a power forward, but mm-hmm. you know, Kawhi completely deserving and B completely deserving. But Fred and OG are the type of players that if our team gets fifteen more wins and they don't have injuries, hundred percent they could belong on a list like this.
0: Man, Freddie was a lockdown defender for us this year. It was crazy to see his defense. Um and not to make an all NBA team, like again, Thybul is good. Butler, I like they're good players, but Freddie was tasked with guarding the opposing team's like top guard every night. Um, so I would have loved to see him up here. I know Drew Holiday is known for his defense too, and the Bucks had a good season. But again, I don't like. I've been watching him in the playoffs. I don't think he locks down very hard when it
1: when it counts. So again. I think Drew is a little more hit and miss, and I think a lot of fans, that's why a lot of people rip on him, I think, and why he hasn't really been at the top of the conversation, because when he's on, he's like 150% potentially the best, you know, lockdown D defender on the outside in the world, but when he's off, like, should he even be starting? That's the question, right? But, butter, man, he's butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah interesting all defensive list names most of them that you expect to be around uh I'm hoping that you know as the next few years go on and we have some of these young guys like OG and some other studs come into the league that you know some of these Draymond-esque names that are here for reputation might slowly disappear but we'll see
0: yeah man it's also funny to see that a lot of these guys have teammates like Giannis and Drew uh Thibel and Simmons Butler and Bam like you would think that uh, Embiid with Simmons and Thibel, like you would think that it would discount them a little bit because if you have all these like high-level defenders on your team, are you actually that much of an impact defender or is it that you have multiple people to throw at them? That's a little bit of a debate there too. Uh, oh, definitely. Just something to think about because, man, Freddie, man, I really thought he should have been on one of these.
1: Yeah, i I love matt that Fred was coming at me and being like yo can you just call my uh my my tips at the like inside the zone not blocks I want them all to be steals because you know, he's like he's like I don't need blocks like I'm oh a point guard. you think I care about blocks No, i want steals bro like uh, that was always so funny for me
0: yeah man <laughs> I like how he he's always trying to trying to get the angle to make himself look better bet on yourself buddy bet on yourself yeah
1: Oh, man. Fred, Fred grew on me this year. I won't I will. I won't lie. Like I wasn't super happy about his contract, but you're right. His defense alone, it gave me a lot of confidence. But shall we flip over to the All-NBA side? Because there's three teams and a lot of names that are on this list.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I think first-team All-NBA, the, the biggest shock for me is uh, Kawhi over LeBron. But, I mean, Giannis, Curry, Doncic, Jokic. That's hard to argue there.
1: Man, it's funny you say that, simply because, like, I've heard people talk about they were surprised to even see LeBron make an All-NBA team, but I don't disagree with you. I think that, you know, at the top of the list, when you think about the best players in the league, like, the right names are up there, considering the time that they played, the amount of games that they were able to be a part of, and where they led their teams. And that first team? Man, imagine that starting five. It's, like, so scary.
0: Dude, LeBron, when he plays was one of the best players in the world this year. Like, people just seem to think that because he got hurt and because Anthony Davis was hurt and the Lakers, you know, had to go into the play-in round and had to beat the Golden State Warriors to, to make the playoffs even, like, he is carrying that roster by himself. He deserved to be on an All-NBA team.
1: People are wild. I am I mean, the only counter I have for you is that he missed the most games Right, he missed like 25 or so games, something. like. Very he fair. missed the most games of any of his career, right? So the fact that he shows up on an all-NBA team, considering he played maybe two-thirds of the season, right, is fantastic for him. And, yo, he plays the whole season. The Lakers are a fourth seed. And, of course, I think he replaces Kawhi on that list. So you're right. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it's funny to see, though, Embiid down there on the, the second team, considering what a strong MVP candidate he was over, over Giannis. Um, I do like Dame... Dame on the LNBA second team, CP3. Um, I'm surprised not to see Booker on any of these teams. I thought he yeah. had a good season. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Zion, Trey Young, like none of those guys, even with their fabulous season, I think maybe team hurt them, but it shouldn't have hurt Mitchell.
1: Yeah, definitely. Your Tatum comment though, Matt, so he was 20 points behind Paul George. So Paul George was the last name. That was put onto this all NBA list and Tatum and Mitchell are two players that are going to not going to get the supermax now at the end of their rookie contract. So they miss out on an extra $33 million. No big deal. Blah, blah, blah. But of the yeah, the end of this list gets, yeah, exactly right. But the end of this list gets real interesting. Right. And there are definitely some players that at least the ones that we're thinking about, Matt, that we're missing out on this list are all young and will show up in the next few years.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Jason Tatum and Zion are all going to be on that list eventually, especially with players like um, Gobert and CP3, uh, Butler, Randall. You know,
1: there's some of them are aging. Some of them
0: might have just had a pop off season. So definitely some some room in there for them.
1: Uh, I appreciate your aging comments, and you don't mention a thirty-six-year-old LeBron. Anyways, I know you're the biggest LeBron fan.
0: Yo, bro. I have to laugh. <laughs> I can't. I can't admit that he got tapped on the shoulder by Father Time this year. Okay, I can't. It hurts my soul to to think about it. Cause
1: he he missed, had... he missed almost thirty games, right? Yeah, so and he had Father nothing Time, in the playoffs. No, it wasn't you. So yeah, <laughs> and he had nothing go. in the playoffs. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, we'll move away from LeBron, so you don't have to cry anymore. Let's move into, is there anything else on these NBA teams you want to talk about? Or should we move into some uh, injuries and some coaching updates? Man, I think coaching updates and injuries sound good. (laughs) All right, perfect. Well, three coaching, kind of not coaching updates we'll talk about. The first is the Washington Wizards and Scott Brooks have officially agreed to part ways after five years. I mean, so the man went 183 and 207 over those five seasons. And I'm pretty sure their defense in the past few years were horrendous at the bottom of the table. And, you know, if they want Beal to stay, if they want to really make a you know, make something with this team, fresh blood, right?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, get get a new coach in to work with uh, Westbrook and Beal. Um, figure out what they've got. I think Huchimura is a really good basketball player, too. <laughs> he had a solid season. Um uh. They had a great run at the end. Hachimura. Hachimura, sorry. (laughs) No, (laughs) no worries. They had a great run at the end um, of the season there. So maybe a new coach could figure out how to get it for all 82 games next year. But we'll see.
1: That's it, right? They they had they did have a fantastic close to the season. So yeah, well, there's a lot of opportunity right now in the coaching world. So uh, the right person falls into that situation. They're not a bad team. Matt. you know they fell, they found their way into the eighth seed. They they basically won the play in because that's what I'm going to say. Sorry, um, Celtics fans, you did not win the play in. You had to face Brooklyn. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see with the Wizards. But moving on, let's talk about the Pelicans because Van Gundy is out after just one season. You know, he apparently didn't mesh well, and it, it wasn't a great situation. And I, and I was kind of hoping for more, but I'm pretty sure you had reservations about this hire at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I didn't think that he would mesh well with a young team, right? Like, I, I think that he's yeah. more of a hard-nosed uh, coach with no nonsense, uh, kind of get in your face. And, and when they have such talented players like Ingram, Zion, Lamelo. Um, Josh Hart, like those guys are young and they don't want to be yelled at. They don't want to be treated like old NBA players. They want to be treated like the millennials that they are, which unfortunately is a little soft. And um, (laughs) yeah, it didn't mesh mesh well. And it showed all season because that roster was too talented to be at the bottom of
1: the West. It's funny, right, because you would almost consider it a similar situation to the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau and the way he is as a coach. But the difference, I think, is you're right, the talented young players, because while R.J. Barrett exists on the Knicks and they have a few talents, I think the players on that roster needed that stern hand compared to the Pelicans who kind of needed somebody who would help continue to mold them into the team that they want to be down the line.
0: That's It's a great comparison, and also what the Pelicans are missing as a roster is a lead player who is in the prime of his career who's like a veteran, right? Like Randall's mm-hmm. a veteran, and he's never had the type of season that he had until this year. and I think Tom had a, a big influence on that. so definitely when the the star of your team and the leader of your team is is saying, "Hey, no guys, listen to the coach." It's a lot easier that way. But when your young stars are like, shit coach. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. <laughs> we got to bleep that out. <laughs> you know, like they they're just not paying attention. They're going to they're going to run away. So
1: it makes sense to me. I mean, you know, we'll we'll roll into talking about um the Mavs situation because, you know, young studs and uh and all that jazz, but I'm going to attempt the name, dude. I'm going to do it. Uh Herlabos Vulgaris is the GM or is the is the executive that Doncic doesn't like. And he's sad. Doncic is sad because Donnie Nelson, the GM, has officially, you know, stepped away. And they were apparently really close. Luca really liked him. So the Mavs are in a weird situation. And you could say that it's like similar to the Pelicans. And it's just, I don't really know what's going on. And these are two young stars in Zion and Doncic who, I mean, we want to see succeed. So it's got to start with the organization figuring things out first.
0: I mean, if you talk about like the next, LeBron and KD of the league, it would yeah. definitely be these two guys. Is what you're thinking? You're thinking Doncic, you're you're thinking Zion, and both guys are you know still in their rookie contracts and already upset with their organizations. You, these stars, man, have so much power now that you have to make them happy right away. So we'll see, man, because it would be very sad for Dallas to pull off the heist of getting Luca just to lose him.
1: Yeah. Uh, absolutely and i mean we'll hear more the zion information is weird because i hear it's more his family that doesn't like the pelicans and we haven't really heard much from zion himself but hmm. i mean young stars the seasons the the league is in good hands but you know hopefully these organizations won't stifle the basketball that we're hoping to see
0: yeah hopefully man because i want to see great moments like we've been seeing this playoffs uh because there are some players out there that just have something in them that is just beautiful to watch.
1: Yeah, and I'm sad that I'm going to roll us into injuries now. Some players that are beautiful to watch, we'll talk about at the end of this, but I'm going to try to roll through this quickly so we can talk about these series. First injury I'll bring up is Danny Green. Uh, In Game 3, he went down with a calf strain. He's going to be out for two weeks or so, you know he's he's a weird situation because his defense was not good against Trey in, in that first game and is part of the reason why the 76ers are in the hole that they are now but his his three point shooting you know as much as people you know clown him for it he's a 42% free uh three point shooter and with the collapses we've seen from the 76ers a couple of his three pointers would have gone in that probably would have helped
0: yeah man i mean he is definitely a, a shooter um He does miss sometimes, but that just comes with the territory, right? Can't be afraid to make, to, to make a, to miss a shot. You got to always take it. Um, It sucks that he, that he's hurt and sucks that they don't have him on the floor because it would have been funny to see him make it all the way back to the finals.
1: I would have been happy. You know, I was a Danny Green fan, but rolling into another player that I'm a fan of that, You know, I don't know if Ibaka could be helping the Clippers right now, because apparently the Clippers don't need any help, but he had season-ending back surgery. I know he was, like, super sad. The guy missed, like, 30 games this season or something. So, you know, it comes to the territory. He's 31, 32 now almost. But, yeah, done for the season, unfortunately.
0: Sucks, man. He should have gotten it probably a little bit sooner, like, during the season. That way he could have maybe potentially come back for the playoffs. But, hey, man, hindsight, twenty twenty.
1: That's, a, that's like 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Poor guy. Yeah, I hope for a Ibaka. But let's roll into a more personal situation. A little baby Raptors chat moment. We're going to talk about Siakam because the man's just went through soldier, uh, shoulder surgery. He's going to be out for five months. So he's looking to come back, you know, after about a month of the next NBA season has started. Because, Matt, we totally blew over it last week. But uh, the NBA is starting in October. They're going for a normal time. So we're going to have another short off season.
0: Yeah, man. I mean hey, that's what everyone was expecting after the the COVID stuff. So I'm glad to see you get back on track and, and have regular seasons again, hopefully in the NHL and NBA. Um, but, you know, Siakam in the shoulder, apparently it's been an issue for a while. Um, yep. So hopefully it fixes whatever kind of was ailing him and he gets to be the aggressive Siakam that we all know and love because when he's aggressive and he's attacking the rim, that's when he's at his best, man.
1: Agreed. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors we're trying to f I'm personally still trying to figure out, you know, when exactly it really started ailing him, but he missed the last three or four games of the season and you could tell at the end that, you know, he was not happy and something was bothering him. So yeah. Hopefully Siakam recovers and yeah, exactly. Gets back to the dominant inside force we know him as.
0: apparently through the last like 15 or so games when they were kind of really pushing him to to take l- the lead and be the number one option because they were already out and and try to force him into a little bit more of a, huh. a of a development of his offensive game it was already happening um mm. his shoulder was already bad so i think that might have worsened it and the fact that other guys got to rest and he didn't it's not a great look for the organization so <laughs> hopefully he forgives us and his shoulder's good and he plays well next season.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting thought. I gotta look into that more. But let's keep rolling here. Uh, two injuries I'm gonna bring up real quick before we talk about the series because we can talk about them more in the series. Kawhi Leonard, his knee, Matt. He went. He had a knee sprain in game four. You yeah. know. Uh, poor guy, but apparently it didn't matter. So you know.
0: Yeah, man. I he is talking about missing potentially the entire series. uh, Maybe even some of the next round, even if they make it. So that's tough. Um, You know, he's a superstar, man. He's their best player. So Uh,
1: we'll see. I'm going to rave about, I'm going to rave about Kawhi later when we talk about some of the games that he plays. But yeah, I just hope that the fear of his ACL tearing like slightly, which is the rumor, you know, I hope that that is completely false and the dude is okay because the man has had a fantastic playoffs, but Getting ahead of ourselves, we'll talk into it more. The last main injury to bring up is Kyrie in that ankle sprain. He is absolutely done for the series. He left in a walking boot in Game 4. But uh, another injury that apparently may not matter when you think about the team, right?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we're talking about it a little early. Uh, Do you want to just roll into the Eastern Conference series between the Bucks and Nets, or do you want to save that for the end?
1: I mean, that's you, man. I know you're a huge Giannis fan, so I'll I'll let you decide that.
0: Dude, let's just go right into it, because... Kyrie gets hurt. Everyone's pro- proclaiming the Nets are dead. All talk show hosts, um, you know, the Clipper or the, the Nets get get uh, blown out. They allow them to come back into the series after, you know, going up, 2-0 up. And Game 5, man, I yeah. was so sad watching the end of that game. They were up 17 points. They had dominated almost the entire game. I remember at half, Shaq is talking about how they should have been up by more <laughs> because they're settling for threes and they're not going for the throat of just, you know, ramming it down on the two-point plays. And KD, man, he he lied and waited in the first half and came out and just absolutely just
1: takes their soul <laughs> away man, there's so much to unpack here when I think about this series. I want to really touch on Game 3 and Game 4 because, you know, Giannis and Middleton go off in Game 3. Durant looks basically human and Ru Holiday gets a really lucky shot to end that game, so they win it, right? Oh, and in yeah. Game 4, Durant is the only player in double digits after Kyrie goes down and we're sitting here like, man, the Bucks have to have it. They've slowly figured it out. But K- Kevin Durant plays every single minute of Game 5 has a forty nine point seventeen rebound ten assists game on sixteen for twenty three. Like this is what LeBron was supposed to do, Matt, against the Suns. Like this is an all time historic moment from KD. Like there was no Kyrie, Harden's back, but his he was hurting. You could he tell he bad. went oh of eight from three. Guy played forty five minutes. What like? There's so much to unpack about it, but at the end of the day, Kevin Durant went off on the
0: box. Look, man, I love Kevin Durant. and I think that, that that definitely was an all-time historic performance, and it solidified why people were so mad when he joined that 79-win uh, team, because, like, or er, 69-win team, right? 73-win 70, team, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because why would you hide your greatness like that, right? Like, he's got some yeah. of the greatest, um, like, hunger and fight in a basketball player that we've ever seen. Like, that was... Oh, you're right. All-time historic. People are talking about it ever being better than anything Kobe or Larry Bird has ever done in the NBA, which is I mean, wild praise. But yeah. man, he he did, and I I really have to put it on Buhner and my boy Giannis. I mean, you didn't guard him once in the second half. You didn't look at Bud and say, Hey, Bud, guess what? You're dumb. I'm mm-hmm. guarding him. I'm I'm our defensive player of the year. I'm our superstar. I'm the MVP. Give him to me. I will take him. Like,
1: just brutal. It's painful because it's a testament to Giannis, right? He's the ultimate team guy. You know, he lives by his coach. And I have to shout out Jeff Green, ultimate journeyman, because he was a stud. Absolutely helped them rally from 17 down. And, you know, he was the second that KD needed. And, you know, if Jeff Green doesn't show up, Matt, let's be honest, this is a... Um, Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, massive game where he puts up numbers and they don't win or there's, there's another player, right? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Thank you. Yeah. A Bradley Beal type 50 point game where he just doesn't have help and they don't win, but thankfully KD has it. But I mean, Giannis missing those two free throws at the end was massive, massive. And Middleton had a trash Fred Van Vliet shooting night where he put up 25 points, but it was eight for 22 and three for 10. Like this was a crazy game. Crazy game all around, Matt, and I love it. It's the East and, and collapses, right? Like, it's so funny to talk about, unfortunately. Well,
0: yeah, man. I mean, that's that's the third big-blown lead this week, or, or I guess it was the second because of last night. But, yeah, man, like, just brutal how they don't pull that win out. Um, Drew Holiday doesn't look good. I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing on offense in the crunch, like, when they need a bucket. And that's, yep. that's what they needed. They didn't need another defensive guard stopper and it's just frustrating man when chris middleton is guarding kd and getting lit up like Giannis, you got to go over there man like he was all of two shooting against you in the first half and you didn't guard him in the
1: second like and he's killing you he's giving you the business oh and, and pj tucker is trying and he can't do anything like they they made some poor decisions. Oh wait, sorry. Mike Budenholzer made some poor decisions. Anyways, like Very I could poor. I could rip on these decisions for days. Right? I'm really hoping. Like I'm still sticking with the Bucks. I said they were gonna win in seven games. I said that Giannis was gonna pull it out and they were gonna win at you know in Brooklyn in Game Seven. So I'm I'm rooting for two more games for the Bucks and I'm hoping that Giannis has enough people. I hope someone like LeBron calls him up and is like, Yo Giannis, you're an MVP. Like. Tell Budenhoser to go in and do what you need to do to stop the only player right now on the Nets who is going to destroy you, which is Kevin Durant. But we'll see, right?
0: And also, hey, bud, maybe you should be attacking James Harden on defense. The guy can barely move.
1: He can't do anything! Just a thought. Like, Just a thought. Like, he
0: played 45 oh, minutes. Awesome. He was out there for 45 minutes. Attack him. Just make him guard every possession.
1: Uh, so true, so true. Okay. Anything, anything else in the series or shall we move to this Hawk 76ers banger
0: man that last night 26 point comeback they were down 17 with like 7 minutes left like how true. did they
1: pull that off
0: I want to talk about that
1: okay well let's start with game 5 and then I'll, I'll roll back into the other games in the series it was the second of two absolutely epic collapses from the 76ers I mean Trey Young has a career night you know, 39 points. Lou Williams, like, chef's kiss playing absolutely fantastic for this team, being a veteran presence they need, but, you know, it was a 23-6 to run to close, Matt, and, like, Embiid, he had to hit 20 straight free throws, leading up to the two straight that he misses to close, and allows the Hawks to come out, like, it's the third largest comeback, I think, in playoff history, like, it's stupid how crazy this series has been, and, the Hawks are up, man. The Hawks are up.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, nobody would have predicted this. Uh, everyone was thinking five games, six games at most, but here we are five games in and Trey young has a chance to close out the 76ers. Ben Simmons just can't take over. He can't, he just doesn't have it in him to, to be a dominant offensive force. And Trey young just willing that team. man. I love what he's doing. And, it's, it's proving that he is a great pick and maybe worth the trade for Doncic.
1: Yeah, okay, so let me, let me, I'm going to talk about the Hawks in a second, but I have to bring up Ben's free throw shooting. The man is 22 for 67 in the playoffs, right? Ugh. At the line this season, which is the worst anyone has ever done in the playoffs. You know that Shaq in 2006, the season where they won, he shot 37% from the free throw line shooting almost the same amount from Ben. So that is how bad it is. And, I, and I'm thinking about, Matt, the, the mental struggle he's going through because Ben's not shooting. Ben's not getting points. He has done barely anything in these past two games in terms of getting points because he is terrified to get to the basket because he knows someone's going to foul him and he's going to miss the shots. And this is not something you can do. And he is just playing... Poor all around. His defense is suffering because of it. The man is in a mental hole. And when Embiid goes over twelve in the second half of Game Four, and the Hawks can rally down, everything just starts to fall apart for them.
0: Yeah, man. Um, it's it's very sad to see. It's a mental thing for sure. It's a it's in his head. It's a shooting problem. Like nobody should be. Sh- you're a professional basketball player. If you're shooting under thirty three percent from the line, like people hit that from three dude like what league are you in it's a shooting league like figure it out get out of your own head and and just step up because that's brutal man he's he's just not gonna ever be that that lead player that we thought he could be
1: nope unfortunately not and the last thing that I want to bring up is just John Collins the man had five offensive rebounds in game four he has been fantastic at the four spot him and Capella have been absolutely destroying in the pick and roll with Trey and I love it. Honestly, I'm really happy to see this go down and maybe it's just because I'm not a huge Philly fan and I want them to make some trades to give us someone like Matisse Stiebel. But anyways, uh, yeah. Fantastic job, Hawks.
0: I'd still take Ben Simmons for (sighs) Siakam. I know. Even with his his crazy shooting struggle and mental block, I think we could unblock it here. Um, I think he's having issue because he's the second guy and he's nervous that Embiid's
1: going to clown him when he misses. So Bring him here. He also just he also just can't play with Embiid. Like I could do a whole breakdown of, you know, the amount of times that Simmons is just standing in the dunker spot and then Embiid drives to the basket and you're like, oh, so his defender's gonna roll and double team Embiid and you're gonna have to step away from the dunker spot where you can't shoot. Like, anyways, I-, I could rip apart Ben for days, but we got some other series we need to talk about.
0: Yeah, man, let's talk about that easy sweep by the Suns, because man, they were up two nothing and they swept them out pretty quick
1: man Chris Paul is leading this team to the promised lands I mean if he can come back from COVID protocols but you know you said it Matt you said they were going all the way and the biggest thing to talk about I guess is that ejection in game four that flagrant two on Jokic because besides that it was basically just Suns dominance left and right
0: so sad man that was brutal I know he caught Cameron Payne in the face with his arm but Jeez, man. You're going to throw out the MVP in an elimination game for that? Get out of here.
1: Just... Matt, do you know when uh, Jokic's last ejection was?
0: Uh, no, man. Don't.
1: Yeah, twenty It's been three years. This man is not aggressive, you know? And obviously, he was frustrated. You know, he said it himself after that he was trying to make a hard foul to get some energy on the team, you know? He instantly apologized to Cam before, you know, leaving, but... Ah, yeah, hard hard decisions from the refs. I get why they're doing it, but give the man a flagrant one and move on. And we could still be talking about games. Like As much as the Suns were dominant, like Jokic was playing well, and the Nuggets are a good team. They could have been playing, but that's different reality, and unfortunately, we don't get to live it.
0: Yeah, man, don't get to live it. And going to get to see those Suns in the Western Conference Finals, baby, going all the way. Put all your money on them because they went in the chip.
1: Yeah, especially when you consider the chaos that's happening in this Jazz and Clippers series right now, where even though the Clippers are up and are probably going to go through, without Kawhi, the Suns, I think, will roll over them.
0: Yeah, man, everybody knew KD had it in him, but few people thought PG would do it. Um, PG-13, baby, I mean, it wasn't as good as KD, but had a heck of a game with 35+, 15+, plus, plus, and 5+. plus. Like, gotta love it.
1: Man, the craziest part is that he had this all-time performance, but all I want to talk about is that dunk that Terrence Mann had over Gobert, absolutely (laughs) no fear, throwing it down, but you're right. (laughs) Paul George absolutely steps up in this Game 5 when he needs to because Kawhi has been carrying the load. Like, he, he was fantastic to close out that series against the Mavericks, and while the Jazz came out swinging, you know, you could, you could see that Kawhi was doing his robotic calculations and figuring out how exactly they were going to win. And at the end of the day, Matt, I'm just worried about Donovan Mitchell's ankle because he has not been himself since Game 3. And it is showing, and that's why the Clippers have been the way they have. And, you know, this is really a series of live by the three, die by the three. And time will tell if any of them can pull it out.
0: Yeah, man, because they were throwing flames in the first half, but they went nice and cold in that in that second half of game five and allowed the Clippers to come back and win and allowed them to squeak it out. And you're right. Live by the three, die by the three. Bogdanovich had a huge game and it wasn't enough.
1: Three for 24 from three, Matt, in the second half. All you that tells say. the tale. That tells the tale right there, exactly. So after hitting you know, seventeen
0: in the first, right?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Like it's insane when you think about it. But you know, that's that's probably enough. We don't really need to talk about any more of these series. We'll we're gonna get into the conference finals next week. There's so much going on. I have a lot of hope for these series. I really hope the Jazz come back because I think I'd rather see them versus the Suns. I mean, that's us, us ripping on the Clippers, right? But time will tell.
0: Yeah, man. I'm thinking it's Clips Suns in that final, and at the. The way that it's looking, man, I mean, 87% of teams who win Game 5 go on to win the series, so it's looking like Hawks-Nets. That's a shocker.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to roll into the Mystic Predictions, Matt, because I'm all in on the Hawks. I think they're going to stun Philly. Like, sorry, Anthony Rivers. Sorry, Doc. You're going to fall out again. You're not making it to a conference finals because the pick and roll has been unreal for Trey, and the collapses, I don't know how you get over that mental hole, especially when... Ben Simmons just can't figure anything out on the offensive end. Like, I want it for the Hawks, dude.
0: Yeah, man. I think I think they're gonna get it. So, um, good prediction. But thank you, man. I think Tampa's getting the win tonight. Braden Point gonna get a goal. Um, I think Tampa's just too strong. They take back home ice advantage in Game Three, and uh, they they beat the Islanders
1: tonight. It's it's almost a really important win for them, right? Because you know, going going into New York, like. You go down two one like that's that's a tough hole to come out of.
0: Yeah, man, real tough hole to come out of, especially if you gotta if you gotta pull it back in in Tampa. We'll see though. We'll see. Exactly. All right.
1: Anything else, my dude?
0: Nah, man, you're good to wrap us up.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube, and check out the BoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.